Lord, to go into that great unknown lifetime, but knowing that the God of all knowledge. You got it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Good evening, Lauren. Joke can't be that funny if it's taken five minutes to explain, seriously. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to our Awareness Night. The Awareness Nights we're trying out this year, and the topic will always be something about spiritualism, but it gives us an opportunity to look in different areas of spiritualism, find out, learn, interact is a very big part of this evening and hopefully progress with our knowledge and our understanding. So I know we've got a few people, first-timers with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. I hope you find something engaging tonight, at least give you that thought. Hmm, that's interesting. I want to find out more. Big warm welcome too to anybody watching us at home online. Thank you for joining us. Later on when we do questions and answers, if you put your questions into the comment box, I will pick them up here on the computer, which would switch itself off. So, never mind. So, tonight's topic is all about circles. Now, as I said, we've got people in the church tonight who have been involved with spiritualism for many, many years, We've also got people in the church tonight who have no idea, which is absolutely great. We absolutely love that. So if we look at the basis of a circle in our understanding, in our sort of genetic makeup, we go back thousands and thousands and thousands of years. You know, when we were living out in the wild before the housing, whatever, we would sit around campfires. We would sit out. And we were sat around that campfire because it brings us warmth. It's a place where we can cook. It's a place where we can see each other and we can also watch out for each other. So that circle energy is really in our DNA because right back to the caveman, we sat around a fire for various reasons. We bring that idea and that thought forward <coughs> And we apply the circles to the movement of spiritualism. A circle is a seating arrangement, which is normally in a circular fashion, but there are others we'll touch on later, where people will sit to open up their awareness, to find their own presence, to find that divinity, within, to find meditation, to find healing, all sorts of things. So there are different types of circles. Are we all there so far? Yeah. Wonderful. If I start listing some of the circles that you may find within our churches and centres, and going through each one, We'll work our way through there, and then we'll work on to what I want to be the main topic of tonight, is home circles. So we've all seen advertised within churches and centres, 
come and join our circle, maybe an open circle, maybe a development circle, whatever the tag. If we have a look at some of the tags. Now, I'm going to share with you the way I was trained. So, I will say things and you'll think, well, hold on, they said it was so-and-so. This is the way I was trained. So, if we start off at level one, our wonderful people, first time with us, first time in a church or in a centre. Historically, the starting point would be what we call an open, what's wrong with that one? <laughs> an open circle. Now, again, according to the way that I was trained, an open circle is a meditation circle. Are we comfortable with the term meditation? Brilliant. So the open circle is a very passive energy. It's come, sit, go within. We're not going to give you exercises to do. We're not going to encourage you to make a link with the spirit world because they're active energies. So if you imagine, um, Lynn, can I borrow you, please? Nikki, can I borrow you, please? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> and thank you. So, Lynn is in a passive state of energy. You're in a meditative state. You're going within. You're not looking for communication. You're not looking to give off healing. You're not looking to contact anybody. You're talking to your own soul. So you're sat there in that nice, quiet, gentle energy. Okay? Okay. Now you, you rebel. <laughs> you haven't listened to the circle leader, which is nothing new, and you are seeking communication. You are trying to talk to your guides, your inspirers, or get a <coughs> message. So you're making a lot of noise, you're chatting, yep. so if you just keep chatting, blah, 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 and I want, and I need, and I want, and I need, and I need that communication, but I want that communication, blah, 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 and more. Does that give you an idea of why we try to differentiate the circles? Because you've got the lovely linear is trying to go in quietly, because this is talking about energy levels now. Because everything we do is energy. So although that wouldn't be vocalised, that energy is going into the circle. Poor old Lynn is just trying to find a bit of still water, peace. a bit of peace. Well, on the other side of the circle, we've got somebody banging drums and rattling tins energetically. So, it's, it's, to me, it's like black paint, white paint. They don't mix. Well, they do, because they look great. But they don't mix. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Wonderful. <laughs> so, coming back to the open circle. The open circle is a very passive energy. It's all about going within. It's all about finding that peace. It's not something that is going to happen overnight. You are not going to sit down and have an epiphany. Trust me. It takes... Heather, you're accomplished. How long did it take you to meditate? Years. Years. How long did it take you to meditate? 
Coming back the wrong way. Yeah. 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 Because it's hard to keep trying, the worse it is. Yes. You've got to sit there and sit and try and think that the mind won't stay still. Yeah. Eventually it does, and you knock them to sleep. Yeah. And that is it, that's a lovely phrasing there. The mind goes still. Because if I say to you in circle, think of nothing, what? <laughs> if I'm thinking, I'm not thinking of nothing, because I'm thinking. It's stilling the mind. So it takes time. It takes dedication. It takes your energy. It takes your input. But ultimately, <clears throat> it will teach you the disciplines of working within a circle. So you know it's a meditation circle, so you stick to that meditative theme. You will have the discipline. An open circle, by its very name, is open to anybody, whatever the week. So if you came, uh, Carol, you came to the last open circle, there is no pressure on you to come to the next one. Yeah, good. <laughs> that worked. No. <laughs> Because the open circle is you come when you're available, you come when you're free. It's to teach you that peace, just to bring you calm, just to help you with your meditation. Some circles are led as the one here by a guided meditation, so I may talk you through a scenario. Uh, where you're walking down along a riverbank, you can feel the grass under your feet, you can hear the river running by. So your mind's creating a gentle, non-engagemental state of mind. You're there by the riverbank, you can hear the water. It's just to give your mind something to work with, and your spirit will build upon that picture. So the open circle is an ideal starting point when they're running this fashion. We do see open circles advertised as come and practice your mediumship. That's an open development circle in my book. And I know I'm very pedantic about wording because I think we need to actually look at the wording we use, remembering that an awful lot of people are just venturing into this. And if our wording is a little bit jumbled, we're not going to get that message over. We're not going to relay that information correctly. So we have an open circle. So there is no commitment to be there every week. It is of a very passive energy. It is about you to sit quietly, to learn to work with your mind, to be able to let go. You know what it's like? We sit down, have a done a washing up. Got that ironing I need doing. It's like that damn cat again. <laughs> so much comes into our head. So it's that safe space where you learn just to sit, just to sit. So are we happy with the idea of an open circle? Yeah. Wonderful. Any questions on that? Nope, we know it all. Brilliant. That's what we love. <coughs> I will include. Uh, the open, I've just mentioned it, 
development circle. Now, as we saw earlier with our two wonderful models, thank you. Why is development having such a long word? <laughs> now, this type of circle would be a very active energy because people are in there who are already, hopefully, accustomed to sitting and linking with spirit, have not got the opportunity to sit in a closed circle, which is going to be next. So there's an open circle that anybody can go along, sit in, and work with their evidential mediumship. Again, that's going to be an active energy, like Nikki displayed. It's going to be a very active energy. They do serve a very good purpose, because often uh, closed development circles aren't available to everybody, everywhere. They do serve a good purpose in working with your peers, because I would like to think in an open development circle, if somebody were maybe passing something off that is not of the spirit, that they would actually be gently coaxed into looking at what they've just said. We have a very fine line between our imagination and the world of spirit. Very fine line. And we have a very fine line between giving our opinion and giving a message. And that is something a lot of mediums need to keep working, working, working with. Because it can make the world a difference. Example. Lynn, I know I know you quite well, um, but, you know, I've got your mum here and she's just saying about, you really need to rein in your, uh, you know, stop going out all the time, yeah? Give yourself an allowance and work with it. That is an opinion. It's not my opinion. It's an opinion because I know you. And also, would spirit come in and say that in a public arena? No. Correct. Because there is decorum. They've heard that at the thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The word of spirit would not cause you embarrassment, would not cause you harm, would not tell you what to do. They may suggest. I always say, spirit, have a thought. If you listen to it, great. If you don't listen to it, great. It's a gentleness. It would never embarrass. It would never put anybody on the spot. It would never be in a way of telling you, you must stop this. Because that's not how spirit works. Seriously, that is not how spirit works in the public forum. So you're just getting an idea of open development circles. Everything we do and everything we deal with has two edges. Uh, they have the cutting edge and the blunt edge. Excuse me, just one moment. So we've always got to look at things in a bit of a balance there. So an open development circle can be great for developing or aspiring evidential mediums and a place to work in. The other side of that sword, it can also be a place where sometimes the ill-informed and the ill-educated will go in with things which you may find a little bit disturbing and that is down to the circle leader to sort out seriously 
everything again. Can't find it. Never mind. Um, so, open development circles. We now go on to closed. I'm going to just do circles. <laughs> Now, a closed circle is, as the very name says, it would normally be a circle you are invited into. If you heard that there was a closed circle here, uh, it's probably not the done thing to go in and say, I want to sit in your closed circle. You're invited in. Because one thing all circles have in common is that they are a very fine balance of energy. They are a very fine balance of harmony. They are a very fine balance of characters, personalities. And if you're going to run a closed circle, you need to think, well, do you know what? Um, Ted doesn't get on with Nicky. Yeah, it's out there now. I told everybody. Sorry. Ted doesn't get on with Nicky. So, actually, those two in the circle are going to be a source of disharmony. You know, we all know people who can't look at somebody else without going, uh, uh, or him, him. <laughs> so, as a circle leader, the guiding light in that circle, you would have to balance and make that choice. Of course, it's going to be tough. <laughs> of course it's going to be Ted. Why wouldn't it be? He's lovely. <laughs> so a circle, you're beginning to see now a circle, and that applies to all the ones we've talked about so far, about having that harmony and that peace with it. I've had occasion before with open circles where people have come in, and I've redirected them towards a healing circle, which is coming up soon. Because at that time, in my state of sensitivity, I would suggest that they receive healing for themselves by going within, rather than trying to reach out when the mind may be a little bit clouded by issues. So, it's about balance. It's about harmony. It's also a little bit about bravery. Because if you have something in your circle and it's not right, as circle leader, what have we got to do, Tony? Deal with it. Yeah. Yeah? That's it. You know, and we, we are very much in that age where we don't like to speak out. We don't want to cause offence. I'm sorry, but within this environment, is, is the way... Ted, I'm not having you in my circle anymore. You keep touching all the women's knees. You're a dirty old lech. Bugger off. All right? I don't like it. I know that, but never mind. <laughs> That's one way of handling it. Another way of handling it is... Ted, a quick word. Take him out the back and lose him in the garden or something. It's about tact diplomacy, and we don't go out to cause offence. Sometimes offence is taken, 
and that's a bit beyond our control. If you've said something in the kindest and most sincere way uh, possible, and somebody has taken offence at it, that that's it's an energy exchange. I've given you my bit of energy. Your bit coming back is slightly different. That's fine. Mm. Absolutely fine. But it, okay. <laughs> that's right. And it's about also that willingness to um, have the confidence to take charge, to take control, um, and to lead. The so-called leader needs to be able to lead. They really do. Uh, if they can't lead, then maybe somebody else may look at doing that role. It's also part of the circle leader's progression. I know the first time I took an open circle, I'm sat there thinking, I've never run a circle, what the hell do you do here? And you learn. And yes, you sometimes make a few boobs, but you recognise, rectify, and progress on with that. Yeah, so it is. But <clears throat> so what we're building up here, although we've got the basic premise of a circle, we're seeing different circles, different types of circle. And I think it's really important that we start to recognise what these circles are so we can include it in our language. So we can say to a church or a centre, uh, do you have a healing circle? Do you have a development circle? Do you have an open circle? So we know what we're getting into. And this is something I think has been very neglected in our movement. We've... Um, been very good at coming in and going, right, we're going to put on a workshop, make you a medium, make you a healer or whatever. But we're neglecting the fundamentals, in my opinion. And these are part and parcel of the fundamentals. You go out now armed with this knowledge. You go out now with an understanding. You go out now and you can feel more confident to approach or listen to somebody saying something and have a bit of a bearing on what they're talking about. So a healing circle, <coughs> exactly as the name denotes, that would be comprised of uh, either developed or on the road to developed healers or those wishing to start their healing journey. I never say fully developed because I, my belief is we are never fully developed as mediums. The minute we sit back and go, that's it, I'm a medium, oh, take the... <laughs> take your foot off the accelerator now, I know everything, you know, you will find very quickly a lesson will come up and you think, oh, bottoms. <laughs> but a healing circle is dedicated to the art of healing. Are we comfortable with how we use the term healing in spiritualism? Brilliant, brilliant. We talk about mediums. I, again, I do tend to uh, get into the nitty-gritty of things. I'm an evidential medium when I'm working here like I did last Sunday. Working today, I'm a healing medium. Because the term medium is just the interface. It's what energy that I'm working in denotes what I am at that time. So a healing circle 
is about developing those who are sat within it by sitting in that power, sitting in that energy. Now this may be with a meditation to help people go with their mind. May also be with a practice we call sitting in the power. <laughs> Who isn't familiar with that? Brilliant, brilliant. Where I've described about the meditative state, so a guided meditation, although we're in a passive energy, our mind is active because of we're working with this image. But it's in your mind. It's not reaching out to talk to commune. It's in your mind, and your mind is building up that image. Sitting in the power is the next step. After you've sort of mastered... I'll rephrase that. A lot of people find sitting in the power very difficult to start with because they've either, A, started off on the meditation route, the meditation energy, where you've got a guide, you've got something to start working with. Some people find it very easy, but that's they're in the minority. Because sitting in the power is just sit there. You have no meditation. You just sit in the presence of spirit. Now that is, it is well worth investigating, again, it is not going to be an epiphany moment. It will take time to just sit quietly for 5, 10, 15 minutes, however it goes. It does take time because you really go into another altered sense of awareness because every time whichever circle you are in, you will be working in different states of awareness. You may be very much in the, in the room and aware of everything around it. You may be well out of the room and on your meditation journey. Sitting in the power, you may be somewhere totally else and just being there, just being there, not wanting anything, not Focusing on anything, but being aware of everything is probably the best description I can think of. It's a really interesting state, and it is really well worth trying, and keep trying at it. If it works for you, brilliant. If it doesn't work for you, guess what? Don't beat yourself up. It's not a test. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't work for you, that's great. But you do tend to get with this sitting in the power that stronger link with the spirit world, and especially when you are setting out with that intent of working in the healing energy, you will not be getting the evidential links. You know, I've got your mum, I've got your dad, I've got your mum. You'll be working more on what we call guides and helpers. So are we familiar with what a guide is and a helper? Okay, lovely. <coughs> This is a question that you ask 10 people and you'll get 10 different answers. My answer is, a guide is, if we take the spirit world as being different states of vibration, finer, 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 a guide would be a presence from a higher sphere who will be working with us to enhance our healing. 
So they may or may not be known to us. We all love wanting to know our healing guides, don't we? They may or may not be known to us. And do you know what? That doesn't matter. Don't get hung up on that. If you can't get your guide's name or face or whatever, give them a name. Call them Bob. It's just as long as you recognise, oh, Bob's here because I can feel that presence. I can feel that shift in my energy. So with the healing circles, you do tend to work in slightly different realms as you would do to a development circle or an open development circle because they are more of the earth, they are more of the direct communication. Healing circles, and then also something you don't see anymore, very sadly, but we're in pools, so you never know. philosophy circle. Now we're all familiar with the address in a divine service, are we? So that is what we call our philosophy. That is an opportunity for the spirit world to give everybody in the room a message about living life today, about your thoughts, about whatever. So a philosophical medium actually Again, like the healing mediums, will be working in that more raised state of awareness and channel through the impression, the thoughts, the words, be it by the spoken word or written word, of other realms, thoughts on our world, thoughts on our behaviours, not directly. They won't be coming to you and saying you've got to behave yourself. Well, we know you have, but, <laughs> but they may say, you know, as a wider thing, you know, we may want to start to think of others before we think of ourselves. We may want to start to consider our actions before we find fault in others' actions. And it's those little gems that help us to grow, help us to become aware. So again, a philosophy circle may well start off with a sitting in the power exercise. Um, the one I sat in, it was we had four minutes of sitting in the power and then we were straight into work. And I like that because I am the world's worst at meditating. Seriously, more than five minutes and I'm going do 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 this. <laughs> so you just sit in the power, you make that link and then you get on with your work. So we're seeing already from these the circles, and this not limited to these. We can have, now I'll group some circles under one word, which is physical circles. Now, in spiritualism, any interaction from the spirit world in a physical fashion. So an evidential medium will be working mainly as what we call a mental medium. That's really what it's called, honestly. I'm not taking the mic. We are mental mediums, some more mental than the others, but we are mental mediums because it's coming through our mind. Because it comes through our mind, <coughs> 
It's a bit like cheesecloth in a vat of water that's got dyes in it. It will pick up certain characters and traits and impressions and personalities of the medium. I work in a very humorous way because I like a good laugh. I like to see people smiling and happy. In my evidential mediumship, that energy comes through. Physical mediumship is where the spirit world will interact directly with our physical world. We're all aware of, we know about rappings and knockings, yeah? No? Yeah? So rappings. I mean, the movement started off officially on the Hydeville day when there were knockings in this cottage in the middle of nowhere. And it was one for A, two for B, three for C. And there was actually a dialogue set up between the two, three sisters and this spirit. Well, if you bought for a zebra, I mean, they were going to be there all night, quite frankly. So, but that was an, uh, an example of physical, because the spirit world are able to exert a force upon a physical object. Have we heard of apples? Anybody? Okay. An apple would be an object that was in the room that was not in the room prior to the circle starting. Uh, apples come in all shapes and sizes. Um, <clears throat> the only one that I've ever witnessed was uh, little forget-me-nots, the flower, still with the dew on them, one on every sitter's lap at the end of the circle, which was just wow. And that was a local medium and a home circle, which we're getting on to. <coughs> there are cases in physical mediumship of what we call levitation. There are cases of what we call direct voice. Now, probably the most famous direct voice medium was a guy called Leslie Flint. He sat in his home circle for 20, 30 years. Same sitters every week, week in, week out. He would be sat in a chair and he would have tape across his mouth with a cloth insert in his mouth. And then his mouth taped up so he could not talk. And yet, if you go onto the church website on the podcast page, you'll hear some transcripts of those talks where the voice of spirit is actually heard physically in the room. Now the way they do that, they say they construct a voice box, there's other theories around it, but again it's a physical interaction because sound waves are physical. So to hear that disembodied voice and the voice of spirit directly is physical mediumship. We're moving into a new era with um, spiritualism and we there are new things that we can try. The only thing that limits spirit's abilities is our mindset. If we say, oh, they can't do that, guess what? They can't do it, because we've said they can't do it, because we've limited our minds. The big explosion <coughs> in spiritualism was at the tail end of the Industrial Age. 
physical phenomenon was to a penny. There were people appalting, floating out of windows, full-bodied material, you, you name it, it was going on everywhere, all over the place. I believe at that time, not only was it his spirit's sort of like introduction to the world as a more formalised religion of spiritualism, but also our minds weren't so constrained because we were living in an age where a generation back we had one fire in one room which 20 people lived in, to suddenly we could go out and get on a train and go miles. We had houses with fireplaces and an upstairs because we had steel and we had bricks and everything like that. So the physical world really opened up at that time. The knock-on effect into spiritualism was people's minds weren't so blinkered because this, they were living in this golden utopia. Now suddenly, my goodness, you know, before, if I wanted to go to Brighton from London, it would take me two days. I'd have to stay overnight and get the horses changed. To suddenly, I can get on a train and I'm there in two hours. We're going through a new age now with our technology. So it'll be quite interesting to see. We're already seeing online evidential mediums working in different countries with cities and still getting that link with spirit. Physical mediumship side, it'll be quite interesting to see where that will lead. Why can't we put a SIM card out of our phone in the circle and ask spirit to impress an image on that? And then after the circle, download that SIM card and see if there is that image. Because the only thing limiting us is our minds. But that's in the physical, so a physical circle, physical medium. Produce that from, not produce, they are part of that phenomena where spirit has a direct interaction. Let's do some numbers. Now I know some of you here on Sunday, so sorry you're going to hear this again. As a rough guesstimation, I was looking at the number of mediums-ish in the UK, V the population, and a guesstimation that for an evidential medium, it's one in 250,000 people. So the odds are really, really stacked against you. Healing mediums, probably slightly less, because there are more healing mediums, although they're not acknowledged as mediums in many places. But there are more healers now working in our movement under various disciplines. So that's probably about one in 180,000. Physical mediums is probably one in about three million. <coughs> now number one, the qualities of the physical medium. We have this debate, is a healer, is a medium born or is it something they acquire? I believe very strongly they are born. If it's chosen to be developed, it will be developed. If it's not there, it cannot be developed. Physical mediumship takes an awful lot of discipline. It takes a close circle of very well-balanced people who would sit purely 
for the physical medium's development, not for their own. They are simply sat there to give their energy, so they're basically sat in a, um, not a meditation, sitting in the power, thank you. <laughs> they're basically going to be sat in that power energy to build that power for the spirit world to use through the one physical medium. Now, we, number one, the amount of physical mediums, one in three million, not good. The amount of time it takes to develop that form of mediumship is 10 years plus. The odds on getting four, five, or six people to come and sit for you every week, week in, week out, and by God, you don't take a day off unless you are dying. That is the discipline. Historically, a lot of circles would close in August because A, very hot evenings, a bit uncomfortable to sit. B, gives everybody a chance to have their holidays. And the other 11 months of the year, you are in the circle. You know, there's no getting home, oh, I don't feel like it. Because if you keep doing that in a closed circle, after a while, the circle leader would just say, well, obviously, it's a bit of a strain for you. So, you know, we'll let you go and get somebody else in. It's your own fault. It's a big commitment. The physical mediumship, I believe, one of the biggest complaints we hear is, why don't we see the physical mediums of the past? Now, some of the points I've already covered about the odds, the numbers, the discipline is part of it. The mindset is part of it. Oh, Biggest part of it, the work of circles now has been handed in the main over to churches and centres, who in the main will only be focusing on a development circle or a healing circle. I mentioned a circle earlier on. Home circle. Exactly as the name denotes, it was held in people's homes. We've got a great history in this movement. We've got some wonderful figures of the past. Going back to the turn of the century, Arthur Conan Doyle, the inventor of Sherlock Holmes, great spiritualist, fabulous physical medium. All the names gone. I knew I should have written these down. I knew Gordon Higginson in the late 30s, fabulous medium. He would describe, would I be right with you, sir, that you walk along a path and you've got one, two, three, four steps to a green door that's got the number 47 on it. And the sitter would sit there and go, yeah. And inside that door, your mother, absolutely awesome. They all developed in home circles. All the greats of the past that we look on lovingly all developed in a home circle because they were of a time when we didn't have churches, we didn't have centres. I believe, I believe, I, <laughs> I believe that home circles have the potential to really come back into our movement. 
you know, we are in this time now. We are going to be losing, sadly, a lot of our churches and centres through funding and finance, through not the availability of people to run them. You do see within the churches and centres politics, restrictions, other energies which interfere with the running of a circle. We tend to leave the spirit world out of these debates, which I always find really interesting because we're 50-50 with the spirit world. What we want from a circle may not be what we need. What we want in a circle in a church may not be available to us. I had a lady say to me, I've been sat for 10 years now for my development. It's not working. Why is that? And I said, well, whoever told you you're an evidential medium? You know, if you've been sat for 10 years and that aspect isn't taking off, maybe you should think about something else. Home circles have a great energy when they are run with decorum. I nearly said properly, but I don't want to say properly. When they are run with the right amount of decorum and respect, because it's respect for the sitters and the spirit world. If I were to set up a home circle and go, all right, I want you three, you come round, we're going to sit in circle. Oh, all right, what are we doing? Oh, we'll just sit in circle so it happens. We're not going to observe any of the, you know, the formalities. We're not going to open up in prayer. Uh, we're not going to say, don't have a big meal just before you come. Uh, we're not going to say, oh, we're trying to get this done. Well, we're not, we're try, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll just keep going and see what happens. That's the intent we're putting out there. You know, and we're dealing with spirit who are intelligence. And they're going to go, well, when you made your mind up, give us a shout and we might come back to you. Seriously, it's as easy as that. We do have this two states of mind working with spirit. We either think they're working for us. Oh, spirit will do that for me. Why? <laughs> Why would they do that for me? Or we just don't consider them. We just don't take them into account. And we should do. So again, same group of people. Tony, pick on you yet again. Sorry, not done. You put yourself in the middle of the church. All your fault. Tony's going to be inspired to set up a home circle. So, number one, she's going to select the people that are going to sit in there. She'll want to invite Ted because you know, Ted will be in there rifling through her drawers, nicking her silverware, so she's not going to invite Ted. But she'll invite and invite and invite. First and foremost, you're going to sit with spirit. Just sit quietly. And listen to the voice of spirit. And we're not talking about a disembodied voice. We're going to talk about what our heart says. And say, what sort of circle is it? How are we going to do this? How are we going to work this? And do you know what? The answers will come, be it by a conversation somewhere, something will be said, or through your own intuition. That will come. So we start to sit. And we sit in a circle we sit where we haven't been eating a cheeseburger five minutes earlier and not only uncomfortable with the burger but also breathing burger out into everybody else's faces thank you been there and you're just going to sit and sit 
and stick. And you're not going to sit there thinking, oh, come on, for goodness sake, do something. You just sit. You sit in that energy. You sit in that peace. So we're coming back to a similar energy to the open circle. But it's in a more directed way because you are in that peaceful inward energy. But the energy of each and every one of you in that circle is combining, creating a bigger energy that the spirit world can use. You may find after a while somebody is inspired to talk. You may find after a while that somebody is inspired, oh, do you know what? I'm seeing a little black and white cat with you, and it's absolutely beautiful to start to work in that effort. Who knows? You may, after a while, hear... <coughs> if that happened to be in a circle, I'd be the first one out the door. All right? <laughs> we don't know. But I believe very firmly that the home circles have huge potential within our movement. I really think we know, I'm seeing an awful lot out there, either virtually or physically, where we are going back to our grassroots on a lot of things. We are recognising that we've neglected our foundation level people, the people coming into our churches, engaging with them in hopefully an intelligent fashion, engaging with them hopefully in a way that engages their thoughts, their consideration, their mind, their ideas and building up from there. Because for far too long now, we've been starting on the first floor. Oh, come on, yeah, you can come and sit in my circle, Carol. Uh, it's all about developing you as a medium. You know, I've got no idea what Carol's background is. I've got no idea if that ability is there. But I'll just throw in somebody in there because I want to throw out a load of mediums. One in 250,000. Never neglect the spirit influence for this. Because the right people will come to mind, come into your circle, come into your awareness. I have it here as a church, and it's wonderful when it happens. Somebody will walk in the door and I go, Hello. <laughs> What's going on here then? This is interesting. Don't get that with everybody. And if, if people don't get it with, it's not a disservice. But there are just some people that walk in you just think, hmm, this is interesting. Where are we going to go with this one then? And find that out. And people find their way, as they will do to the home circles. And again, with the home circle, you need that discipline. You are there every week. You need that leader of the circle that uh, has a good understanding of how a circle is run, has a good understanding of the ways of spirit, and also has a good network of support that things will come up in a circle, which I did in my first few circles. I'm phoning people up going, right, this happened, what the bloody hell was that? How do I deal with that one then? And find out and go ahead and deal with it. But we miss, and again, apologies to those who are here on Sunday, we tend to get so focused on making everybody a medium, we tend to get focused on making everybody a healer, but we're ignoring our grassroots. And the grassroots is everybody is sensitive. And sitting in a circle, in a well-run circle, regularly, 
enhances that sensitivity. It may not enhance you to the point of getting up here and delivering a competent message, but it will certainly enhance you enough where you are more aware of yourself, most importantly. You're more aware of others, how they interact with you, how you interact with them. You're more aware that when you're talking to somebody, whatever they're saying, for whatever reason, may not be quite what the truth is. You get wonderful opportunities with that. You're right, yeah. Try again. You're right. No, actually, I'm having a really bad time. Thank you. Because it's there. That's what spiritualism and circle work combined can help with to bring on being a sensitive first and foremost knowing where you can have a joke or where you may cause offence Ted's got a lovely story about the ladies in the shop hello Jean how's your old man hello Mrs Brown good day how's the husband just building up that awareness of how we interact with people and this is one of the big areas that home circles will really help. They take time. They take dedicate. They take a place. It's obviously something very much of the generation, but the home circles of the past were always in the back bedroom. <laughs> Everybody had a back bedroom in those days. I, I get it. I get it. I do understand it. They all had a back bedroom. But we all find people that have got houses who live on their own, that are able to hold circles, not looking anywhere in particular, in it, <laughs> that have the knowledge and the abilities to run this, not to make you a medium, because we can't make you a medium. It's a road you've got to travel, it's a road you've got to experience and learn. We can open doors, and we can give advice, we can't make anybody a medium can't make anybody a healer, but by sitting and listening and increasing that sensitivity to spirits, because they're around us all the time, and why are they here? Because they love us, and it's as simple as that. So home circles, I'm looking forward to the next five years. Going back to the physical circles, 99% <clears throat> of the demonstrations of physical mediumship were performed in home circles. Not like today, where you have 50 tickets sold at 80 pounds a head, three nights a week. I, I question that, because I think, what does the spirit world think of us? So I question that. I'm not decrying it, I just question it. Some of the home circles of the past, Stuart Alexander, there's a wonderful video of his on YouTube. Stuart Alexander, physical medium, relaying some nice, awesome, beautiful stories from home circles and physical mediumship. And the fun, because spirit have fun. That's why I fit in so well. I'm going to make a great spirit. <laughs> <laughs> 
because they had fun with it. He relayed a lovely story. They were invited for somebody else's physical circle, because again, this is how it works. It works on a network of people. It was never out there in social media. Social media wasn't there. It was by word of mouth through people that you wanted to invite. So he was invited to a circle, I think it was in Liverpool or somewhere, went up there, and while they were sat in the lounge waiting, there was a curtain blowing in the breeze, and it knocked a vase over that had flowers in it. And they went, oh my God, picked it up, came running out with towels, and they went, but the floor is dry. The vase is empty, the flowers are there, but the water's gone. And they laughed because the spirit, and that's how they were with spirit, not nowadays. <gasps> oh my God, quick, take a photo, send it to the sun. You know, they just laughed because that's how they interacted with the spirit world. When the circle actually sat a little while later, the lead physical medium was in trance state where spirit used his own vocal cords to speak. And he said, and who here would like a surprise from us here in spirit? Yes, please, yes, please, yes, please. And all the people said, yes, please. Water fell out of the air above them. And it was the water from the vase. I mean, that's awesome. But it was of a moment. I always say, if I was to stand up here and levitate six inches, Hopefully, <laughs> people would go, yeah, yeah, <laughs> five inches then. People would go, wow, that's amazing. Next week, you know what, the church would be packed. People want to see me levitate five inches. The week after, I'll have the news crews round and cameras want to see me levitate five inches. The week after that, people would be stood here going, yeah, we've seen you do that. Can you not spin round now? And next week, can you do cartwheels? Where's the message from spirit in that? It's not for these grandiose... We've seen big Dems. Dems going back 50, 60 years used to be held in the Albert Hall, filling the Albert Hall. That was mostly of the mental mediumship, the evidential mediumship. There was an awful lot of trance work went on there. Winifred Moyes, little old lady, tiny, she's like a little bird. She would get up on the platform, quite often assisted up. She would sit there, and when they called her forward, she would just come up very humbly, a little prayer, and then this voice, Zodiac, the guy in the picture at the back there, her guide. And this voice would fill. Now, I'm doing it through shouting. They did it in a much better way because it was loud but not shouted, distorted, and would fill the Albert Hall from this speck of a lady. And then she'd, thank you, and sit back down. She trained in home circles. So home circles, for me, hold a very dear place. And I really wish, and I will do everything to support people in setting up and thoughts and ideas on home circles, because you've got that free environment. 
you're not constrained by rules or regulations. You're constrained by common sense. But if you haven't got common sense, then maybe you should think about it in the first place. But then probably you can't think about it because you haven't got common sense. Hold on, I'm going down a rabbit warren here. Stop. <laughs> it's common sense. And 99% of working with the spirit world is common sense. If it feels good, if it's understandable, if it's evidential, that's wonderful. If it's dictatorial or exclusionist, we will ascend, leaving everybody else behind. Really? <laughs> then maybe examine it a bit more deeper. I've only touched on the circles tonight, but I hope you found something there to take away. Given you some pointers, little things you can look up on YouTube. Seriously, Stuart Alexander, he was at Bath Road doing a talk. Awesome talk. But a real good key into understanding what we can achieve when we take the blinkers off. But also, I hope it helped with the different types of circle that you may feel more at ease on your journeys. But if somebody says, oh, they've got an open circle here, oh, great, is it a development one or is it meditation? And people are going to go, oh, hello, somebody knows their eggs. Well done, they must have been to Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you found something interesting out of all that and something you can take away and have a think about. If you enjoyed it, great. If you haven't enjoyed it, you know what, great. Great that you took the time to come down here and make your own mind up because that's the other tenant of spiritualism. It's that freedom of expression. It's that freedom to take what we can and dismiss politely that which we can't. Okay. Ready? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you can. Uh, we are just about to move over to questions now. If you bear with me one moment, because. Um, I'm going to blame you, Carol, because Todd's not here. I didn't turn the camera on. Ha! Oh, oh no! Did I do it on? Yes, I did. I did it on YouTube. That's right. That's fine. Yes, darling. You, you were talking about a portal. Yep. And I don't know if it does dovetail into the physical mediumship at all, because um, I've had something happen in my home, and I'm not not a physical medium medium but I, I've had I believe because of energy in the room and the circumstances were right something happened with my rain stick and I told you that the rain stick hadn't been touched for 10 days and it, it was as if it had been turned upside down and all the, the feet came through the rain stick for about four seconds and I was in a, a particularly uh, bad state that day and I needed something and similarly, I hope you don't mind me saying Ted, you've had things move off your chairs, haven't you? Cushions and things. So and we're not physical mediums, so what is that that happens when that happens? Is that a porting? Is that an apport is something that didn't exist in your house or church or centre and does now. Oh, so that that's not that. No, there was a medium we had here many years ago, a guy called Bill Harrison. Beautiful guy, absolutely beautiful, big healer. 
big physical medium. He was fascinated by physical mediumship. And he used to go to, it was an old scout hut in Oxfordshire. And they had, all around the room, these big carved African and Indian figureheads, which had appeared in the circle. Now there's no way, a lot of these circle, physical circles can be done in the dark. Now this is where, uh, how do I put that nicely? <laughs> Somebody just said you've never put anything nicely, bless you. <coughs> there is scope here for fraudulent behaviour, alright, there is scope. And again, this is back, tracks back to what I'm saying, investigate it intelligently. Physical mediumship generally takes place in a darkened room. They will have luminous tape on different items so you can see it being moved or whatever, but you can't see. Now, something I have seen with some physical circles is you'll be sat in a darkened room for about 20 minutes, and then I'll quickly turn the lights on, and oh yeah, look, everything's moved, and I'll turn the lights off again. Oh look, can you now see this moving? Well, do you know what's just happened? Because I've flipped those lights on and off, I've just screwed your night vision. So there is... Um, physical mediumship needs to be approached very intelligently. Alright? And come away with questions and thoughts about it. I have seen physical medium. I've seen physical, uh, I have seen a transfiguration. Now transfigurations come in two forms. You have an overshadowing where you will see the features of somebody else but it's all like superimposed over the face. So it's like a little bit of a transparent mask about there on the medium. Transfiguration is the face physically changes. Now I've seen that with a woman who turned into a bloke with a moustache and I'm like that's really good. That is really good because that is not a trick of the lighting. That is wow. Getting back to what you're saying there, you know what? Spirit drop us little hints. They're always there ready to give us that little bit of support, bit of encouragement. There is that physical interaction from the spirit realm to make that rain stick happen. It's not down to the mediumship, although you are a developed healing medium. You have that awareness. Oddly enough, so is Ted. So you already have that in your energies. In fact, yeah, you both have very prominent base chakras. And that's the nicest compliment you're going to get out of me all night, love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going near your base chakra, I can tell you that for nothing. We have certain energies. And... One of the aspects of physical mediumship is your base chakra sort of like glows like a Belisha beacon. It's very prominent energy centre. And that is the biggest energy centre of that and your solar plexus that the physical manifestation can happen. So you're sat there, you're pouring your heart out going, oh please, I just want to know you're there. Because of your understanding, your training, your openness, you imagine if you had no knowledge of spirit and that happened, you'd be out the bloody door. Bah! <laughs> I was quite scared. Good. <laughs> I like it when people are scared. I was scared. 
I was, I've been scared twice by things. I was like, but they're going to utilize that energy. So it's not an apple, it's a manifestation of anything. Never neglect also your own physical, no, your own psychic abilities. Are we happy on the difference between psychic and a medium? And if you're not, fine. Fine, 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 fine. The psychic is me reading your energy. <clears throat> All right, I can tell from here you're a very caring person. You've got nursing conditions as well around you. You've been caring or nursing for people in your past life. By your past life, I mean the life you're in, not a... <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, because that's... Because I can see the green in your aura. And that green tells me that there is that nursing energy there. I've not linked into spirit. I'm reading you. Some people can get that off to a fine art. I have seen medium two seven five four, and the person's gone. Bloody hell, that's my pin number. <laughs> so a good psychic, psychics are great as mediators. Psychics are great at finding things and people that are lost. Psychics are really good at looking at people and thinking. Yeah, I'm hearing what you're saying, but actually, what you're really saying is X, Y, Z. So, yeah, again, that could be your psychic field stretching out there. I'm not saying that you set your intent to make that happen. The interaction between the spirit realm and the psychic realm is quite intertwined, because they say you have to cross the psychic stream before you start working mediumistically. So vice versa, spirit can cross the psychic stream back to you and manifest just that little something. Mm -hmm. It was nice if we got quite scary. Yeah. But you're used to cushions falling off chairs. <coughs> you're used to cushions falling off chairs and moving around. So. Brilliant. Yeah. Lights going off. That is a very common um, oh, interaction. Oh. Half the lights. Half the lights going out. Especially if you serve Tony's chair. Because <laughs> there are motion sensors and you're stood there working and you've got to remember to keep moving around, otherwise it starts going very dark and it's like, oh, spirit. You get all the So, yeah, it's not an apple. An apple is something that is introduced into your environment. Um, and as I say, there can be anything from the tiniest flower to great big carvings. And when these physical seances start, there is a um, formality where the sitters are searched before they go in. You will have to leave your mobile phones out. A lot of people say you're not allowed to wear rings or metalware. Now, I'm not quite sure how that happens. I don't quite understand. Eh? I don't know. I'm not, hand on heart, I don't understand that one. Because I've sat in physical with rings on. Rings in as well. And nothing's happened, thank God. Um, <laughs> so I'm not quite sure on that. But when you go through that level of security, 
and you turn the lights on, there's a four-foot Indian head carved in the middle of the circle. You just think, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting on two levels, because somebody smuggled that in. I really want to know how. <laughs> Number two, if that's not the case, wow. There was an awful lot of talk um, during the Second World War and the South Coast was a hotbed of physical mediumship and mediumship. Portsmouth in particular, because we had Helen Duncan. The, she was a physical, you get direct voice with Helen Duncan, uh, things like that. But there were stories handed down through the lineage of circles of mediums sitting on the beaches and on the cliff tops, sending out the energy to repel the invaders. There was also the minute, the something minute, at nine o'clock every night, and this was nationwide, when Big Ben struck, it takes a minute to strike the nine chimes. A spiritualist who had great influence with Churchill, it's amazing, you look into some of the big leaders and they all had a little finger in the occult or the etheric or whatever, convinced him to make the chimes of nine o'clock the moment where everybody in the country would send out the thought to keep us safe, to repel the invaders. After the war, when they were doing the trials and interviewing all the soldiers and officers from the other side. One was recorded and he said, why do you think that you know Germany failed? Why do you think that you didn't get what you wanted? He said, because you had the most powerful weapon. You had that silent minute. Makes you think. Makes you think. But yeah, so half an hour later, Apple is brought in to your home or your church or your circle. We can have that interaction from the spirit world in just the little ways. Like the light. I remember doing a service once, and I got into the address, and I said, "When you tap it, oh, that was Tony's, wasn't it? Up at, upstairs." And I said, "When you tap into that power, nothing is unachievable." And as I did that, all the bloody lights went out. <laughs> and half a minute later, they all came back on again. <laughs> And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but again, to me, that spirit's humour. I think spirit got the best sense of humour. They seriously have. Because they make us laugh at ourselves. <laughs> so I hope that answers your question. Yes, thank you. Any other questions? Just asking, with the home circle, and you've got a group of people um, committed and willing to sit, would you recommend a minimum or a maximum number? Um, I wouldn't recommend a minimum because I've sat with uh, people where there's just two of us mm. and indisputably the presence of spirit was there. Mm. I would go for a maximum. Historically, seven seems to be a significant number. Uh, there's tales of for each circle that sits, there are seven circles of seven that sit in the spirit world. So seven does have a bit of a, a power about it. But again, the most crucial thing 
you'll probably get better results if three people are in complete harmony than seven people who have got th you've then got three factions in your circle. <coughs> you've also got people coming into your circle and the intent in which we go into a circle. I was terrible. When I used to work, I used to work shifts and everything, and I was sat in an afternoon circle, and, excuse the very common English, because I'd done a night shift, the circle started at two, so I'd set the alarm for one, and I'd wake up and thinking, I'm not going to bloody circles, what the hell? no way, I'm, you know, I've just woken up, I'm not going, two o'clock, there I am, hi, I'm here. There were times I was sat there thinking, I really don't want to be here. But again, you're creating that energy and everything you put in to that energy gets amplified. You have six lovely people sat there going sweetness of night and there's a miserable bugger going, oh my God, don't you start again, just don't say anything. <laughs> that was part of my learning <laughs> because that became spoken about, people picked up on it and that was a good lesson to me. circles and people are, are, like you said, you've only had one or two turn up that night, but you're there for a reason. Yeah. And like you said, if you're more like-minded, you get more from that, yeah. the three of you. The two people that do yeah. turn up, yeah. you know, because it's dark, you know what our movements are, oh, we won't get anybody in, it's dark, or <laughs> it's raining, or, you know, there's a hundred and one reasons. But if you do get the two people who do turn up and make that commitment, then, yeah, you sit in circle. You just said something interesting there, square. Going back to the physical circles, now I've not experienced this, but I have heard many a time that a physical circle, guess what shape it is? Square. <laughs> now, the only thing that I have experienced and would suggest this, when I've seen physical dems or deep trance dems, I often see sparkles, like little sparkles of light running, but they always run along straight lines. So they'd be running down there. I sat there once at the back and it was running along the beam. I went to Christchurch and it was running up and down the guy's tie. Always in a straight line. What's the quickest Shortest distance between anything, straight line. Physical mediumship, energy. You're conveying energy, going in a straight line. I can't validate that and I can't disvalidate it. I have seen the sparkles. I've even seen sparkles in the trance and sat there and listened to the trance and thinking, I can't go along with that. But I've seen the sparkles, so I know it's spirit influence, which is great. just proves there's so many possibilities out there. There is no one true answer. There's only your answer. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. So you'd probably have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or four, even. Hmm. 
I thought you were going to go down, is that enclosing the energy? Because oh, yeah. in, a, that would be that as well, yeah. in um, physical DEMS, often the medium will sit in what we call a cabinet. So um, in the more practiced and disciplined churches, they would actually have a cabinet made in which the medium sits in, and the curtains are drawn all around them. And from that cabinet... I mean, depending on the medium, you would, at best, you are going to see fully formed materialisations of people that you are invited to touch and shake hands. There's many stories, you know, people reunited with loved ones by actually shaking their hand and said it was their hand. But that's using ectoplasm. But they say in the cabinet it brings the energy in. There's far too much validation of it to make it untrue, but I don't understand the mechanics of it. But again, with a, with a square, you're working on that same principle, that you're putting the energy into a focused area. Although you would be with a circle, but there just seems to be something there. Sacred geometry. Maybe there's something along those lines. There's been amazing stories, amazing stories. Colin Fry, one of his uh, guides, is a drag queen. And she often used to pop out. <laughs> Suddenly the curtains go back. Hello, darling. How are you all? And it's like, wow. I'd love to, I would sincerely love to see that. Unfortunately, I've been put off a little bit by um, reputations and costings for some of these events. Anyway, thank you. Lovely. Anybody else? Dave, what you got? Going back 20 odd years ago, Eileen and Ray used to go to Bath Road and we were invited to join the home circle and we used to go a ladies flat in Kemper Cliffs mm -hmm. and she was a widow and her husband had been a psychiatrist but he committed suicide right. and sometimes we would sit there for two hours and absolutely nothing would happen mm. at all Now, <clears throat> sometimes it would appear to us nothing is happening. Uh, I believe that no effort is wasted. If people have made that effort to be there, no effort is wasted. It's the same people every week. Yeah. Because don't forget, again, we, we tend to leave out the spirit side of life. We don't know what's happening with them. They're harmonising their vibrations with us. Uh, I think it was... 
Estelle Roberts' guide, Red Cloud, said that he took seven years of sitting to bring his vibration down to be able to communicate through Estelle Roberts. So he sat in with other circles thinking nothing's happening, but they are on that energy level. He's working towards a golden purpose. So yeah, we will get. And also, there is that test. You know, if you go along, if you get stuff every week, number one, you may become complacent about it. But if you go along and say for a couple of months, it appears on the outside that nothing's happening, how many people are going to go, oh, sod this. It's a waste of time, I'm not going there. Yeah. And that's fine. That's, again, that spirit sorting things out. It's just sort of like, or, do you know what? I go because I, and this is it. We should go because we enjoy to sit. We shouldn't go expecting. We shouldn't go wanting, demanding, charging. We should go to whatever of the circles, simply for the joy of sitting. What was it? Ask for nothing and expect everything? No, expect nothing. Uh, it's expect nothing but be prepared for everything. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You know, spirit don't work to our timetable. Spirit don't perform for us. I do hear, especially nowadays, was it somebody said the other night, well, before I dispatch them off to heaven now under the wings of angels, and I thought, my God, one day I'm going to be a spirit, and if you say that about me, mate, I'm going to pull the rug under your feet. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I hope that's given you some, something to think about, something to take away, something to have a little look at. Plenty of reading out there, loads of reading available in the library. Can I just ask you something? Of course, Gaina. Getting back to the open circle. Yeah. You know, came last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. What I understand you don't want want it to become a development circle. But how can like if I'm just sitting quietly out of the blue things come to me. Yeah. Um voices what would you rather do? Just never darken my doorstep again. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. What, what do you want to do? Uh, Good question. I, mean, I don't want to develop. No. But it, it's nice because when you get these things out of the blue, it's evidence, isn't it? And it's comforting as well. The open circle is that gateway circle. Mm. Now, when you've got a very active church and with a lot of people attending, you have an open circle. People from that open circle will then start to develop other gifts, potentially. So what you do is you sit in the open circle, and the circle leader should be astute enough to start noticing, thinking, yeah, actually that person needs to, to develop evidential mediumship, so let's get her into the closed circle. Yeah. So it's that starting point. But you also get a lot of people we just want to sit in the open circle. Mm. And that's great. Because they provide that continuity. Because you've got people coming and going. 
but you've got that stable base here and people just sit for the joy city. Mm. And like we say, not everyone's going to be yeah. an evidential. Like sitting there <coughs> for the joy of sitting and recharging your batteries mm. for want yeah. of a, a better word. But um, that's when, you know, I hear things. Yeah. Or and if, if what you, you... What would you... <coughs> It's not about getting messages. Yeah, if we get our own message in circle, that's mm. great. Do you know what? Anybody can stand up here on any platform and give a million messages. Mm. The most evidential message is the one you get yourself. Mm. The one you get, I know your mm. conditions. Mm. Mm. And if you get your boy drawing close, mm. just enjoy that. We, we, you don't need anybody else's validation on it. Mm. Just think, thank you. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, I'm not saying you, you don't have spirit communication. I'm saying you don't have demonstrate evidential mm -hmm. mediumship because mm -hmm. that does tend to, again, you're sullying the vibrations. Mm -hmm. uh, you're not actively sat there going, talk to me, talk to me. You're mm -hmm. just sat there passively and they're coming mm -hmm. to talk to you, which is mm -hmm. beautiful. And where would any boy, any boy's mm -hmm. gonna be with their mum? Of course they are. Um, but as I say, you do get some people. I sat in open circle to begin with, and I walked away from two because I thought I'm not good enough to sit in these circles because everyone's giving off all these messages. Mm. Again, excuse the um, base of language. As my understanding grew, I realised it was a complete load of cobblers that they were saying. Mm. But as I was totally new, I didn't understand that. So that's why I'm quite strict, because people come in, but from the open circle, you will see the ones who attend regularly, you will see the ones that start showing potential to lead on to other areas. Same with our healing group, anybody expresses an interest, yeah, come and sit with us. Come and sit with us for a few weeks, and if we all gel, happy days, if we don't, absolutely fine. But it's all gateways, everything is a path to another path. You should never get to, ah, oh, I'm here, I'm a healer, happy days. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm a medium, I'm getting bookings, rock on. Everything is another doorway. So it's just building on. But if you're getting your own communication, Hazel, mm -hmm. if you're getting who I think drawing close to you, enjoy it. Yeah. Embrace it, good mm -hmm. God. That's what it's about. Mm. Right? Okay. Good. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. That's right. <laughs> I do, I t do you know what? I walk around at times and I'll suddenly burst out laughing because somebody said something in my ear and I forget a time. I was halfway through the arm down and I just started laughing and I realised people were like, What's wrong with him? I forget it, I don't care. <laughs> if I told you, you wouldn't know. <laughs> Enjoy it. I'm not reaching out. I don't want anybody's um, validation of what I'm getting. I know. Because if I put something up to spirit and I get an answer back, and sometimes it's not the answer I want. So I know it's not me. Because I'm thinking, oh, crap, I thought that was what they were going to say. <laughs> Bum. <laughs> Okay. <coughs> this is 
last summer, the weather was wonderful. I was out in the garden, and suddenly the middle door that goes down our driveway wasn't waiting. Slammed, and the bolt was full of cross. And that happened three days running. Got to the point where we had to take the bolt off because it was knocking Fred out. <laughs> Well, because it happened tonight. I'll be honest, it's happened tonight. But because we take the bolt off, yeah, couldn't lock him out. Yeah. Always investigate these things fully. Is there any physical possibility? Your rain yeah. stick was it balancing on an edge? Mm. You know, look at the yeah, the logical yeah. yeah. Yeah, look for the logical things in it. But and since then, I took the bolt off, it didn't, hadn't done yeah. it for months. It could well be somebody just yeah. trying to attract your attention. Yeah. You know? I do say hello, but it doesn't worry me. We do say sometimes, you know, Spirit did that because they're angry with me, and I, I would mm. discount that. I, I'm sorry. Um, I've not had Spirit come back to me to say I'm angry with you. We come back and just said, fuck your ideas up, or, or <laughs> talk to me very much in my own language. Mm -hmm. But I've never had spirit say, I'm disappointed in you. Mm -hmm. I said, what the hell did you call that? What happened, you know, I've come home from Denver and gone, that's it, that was rubbish, all your fault, I'm not doing that. And by the time I've got in, I'm sort of like, yeah, actually it was my fault. <laughs> <laughs> it was down to me. Okay, <laughs> I am listening. Again, that could be on the same par as this, mm. um, the experiences mm. of somebody about, and somebody trying to attract your attention, mm. and who would be attracting your attention. Mm. Yeah. You know, spirit know where we are. Mm. We can put on the smile, can't we? Mm. Yes, I'm fine. Yes, everything's wonderful. And inside there's this crumbling yeah. <laughs> wreck that is desperately floundering. Spirits see that. They don't see the, uh, hi, here I am. God, I just want to die. I'm fine. <laughs> and they will do things. But we need to, when we have those instances, interact, because they're trying to interact with us, and we go, what was that? You go, all right, I heard you, pack it in. Don't, I've said that many a time. I saw a cat jump off my wardrobe one night. I went, don't you ever do that again. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously don't want to see that again. You know, and all... Uh, my favourite is little balls of light. Just, just on the edge of my vision. Mm -hmm. And we go, hello, welcome. Because they're trying to attract your attention. We go, what was that? Mm. We're here. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Hello. Oh, right. We've got your attention. Great. Hello. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Do you have a question? Did you have a question? No. No? no? It's all lent in. I thought, oh, hello. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, everybody. Thank Wonderful. Thank you very much. Next month, I believe that is on the 1st of March, we have David Powell with us. And he's going to be talking about the place of evidential mediumship within our movement.
So basically talking, what is the message of the message that we get? And that's going to be very interesting. David's lovely, he's a smashing guy. Much more coherent than I am. So thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody watching at home. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you found something. As I say, <coughs> we're really going to be working hard here to get people to engage more with spiritualism. Not just come in, sit down, have a service and go out again. We want people to become involved. We want people to ask questions. We want people to attend events like this, both here and online. Because it's through learning we grow. It is. It's through learning we grow. And we really need to be working with our grassroots, the people, the wonderful people, first-timers here. Who knows? 5, 10, 15 years from now? Who knows? But we've got to get those foundations in. And it's also because it's been so neglected within our movement. doesn't matter. You might have been going for a spiritualist church for donkey's years. But you've never heard some of the things. They've never been discussed. No. Yeah. It's just assumed that you all know. And we can't assume. So thank you, everybody. Thank you, Laura. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you, everybody at home, online. I did put it on. <laughs> <laughs>